First is uh, Communion Sunday, but it is also Baptizing Sunday. The preacher is going to preach a message on baptizing, and then we're going to have a baptismal that morning, I guess. Um, I want to remind you about bringing candy, so keep in mind what I said this morning. Just bring plenty of candy, and you can bring money instead. There's never, I'm going to tell you, in the history of church, there's never been a church that wouldn't take money. So, 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 so bring money. Now listen, this, this, is not, this is not for me. It's not for the preachers. It's for glory of God. And we're going to do something with it. We're going to bless the kids. And if we have too much candy, we'll let the youth have it or the children's church have it. It's not like it's going to go to waste. All you got to do is set it on the table out there and I'll eat it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Um, I want a quick reminder about the shooting day for the ladies. We really need you to sign up if you want to do it. Uh, that way we can feed you and have plenty of food. And uh, for the guys, any of you guys that want to come to breakfast that morning, you can go out with us to help the ladies shoot, to maybe teach them a little bit about loading their guns or whatever. Just keep in mind that... Um, this is just for fun. It's not, I mean, we're not having no competition or anything. Um, like when we shoot the shotguns, I shoot up in the air. I can't even hit the air. If, if the shells hit the ground, that's just lucky that I can even hit the ground with a shotgun shell. So, but we have fun. And that's what it's all about is having fun. Okay, I don't really have any more announcements. Um, okay. What we got? Don't forget, next Wednesday, my friend Timothy Groves is here. And, you know, invite somebody. Invite somebody that's lost. If you know somebody that needs to be healed. Now, I can't guarantee healing. We know that God's the only one that could heal. But again, he operates and he's an evangelist. He, he travels. He's been doing this for years. And I'm excited to have him. So next Wednesday night. So if you, if you need healing in your body or you know somebody that needs healing, uh, I know that we're going to have a healing service. So, uh, and I'll talk to him about it too. So, and then also about this Sunday, uh, reminder, if you will remind people that are on that list to be careful what they wear when they do up the, for the baptismal, no light-colored clothing, please. And if, uh, if the lady's getting baptized, to, and remind those that are getting baptized to wear dark-colored clothing over the top of their bathing suit. You know, it, it, common sense stuff, but sometimes people just don't remember that stuff. So, again, that's it. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. I'm ready. Can we? Can I have them stand and pray real quick? Yeah, you mind? please do. All right, would you please stand? I want to read, re, read one psalm real quick. It's a short psalm, okay? If I can get to it. I want you to hear this. Praise the Lord, all my soul. How many of you guys know this? All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed 
like the eagles. Father, we, we take that as a prayer tonight. That, Lord, let our inmost being praise your holy name as we are in your sanctuary to honor you and praise you and glorify you, that we would not forget all of your benefits, that you forgive all of our sins, and you heal all of our diseases, and you've redeemed us from the pit. In Jesus' name, amen. strong in battle our God can never fail through him all chains are broken in him the sick are healed and in the name of Jesus giants are defeated every single mountain has to move you're faithful to your promise finish what you started there is none as powerful as you Jesus Jesus we see the power of heaven setting the captives free we are your church awakening, singing in victory. And in the name of Jesus, giants are defeated. Every single mountain has to move. You're faithful to your promise. Finish what you started. There is none as powerful as you. And in the Jesus, giants are defeated. Every single mountain has to move. You're faithful to your promise. You finished what you started. There is none as powerful as you. Be lifted higher. Be lifted higher. We lift the sound of your great name. Be lifted higher. Be lifted higher, Lord, we exalt you in our praise. And in the name of Jesus, giants are defeated. Every single mountain has to move. You're faithful to your promise. You finish what you started. There is none as powerful as you. And in the name of Jesus, Giants are defeated, every single mountain has to move. You're faithful to your promise, finish what you started. There is none as powerful as you, Jesus, Jesus. Sing his name, Jesus.
you unravel me with a melody you surround me with the song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone and I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God, I'm no longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God, from my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name, and I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins, and I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God.
special moments he is the miracle worker he is the God that can move mountains and giants depression has to leave in the name of Jesus somebody's depressed tonight here it has to leave in the name of Jesus we come against de de depression it's a spirit that spirit of depression has to leave in the name of Jesus. Sadness. It's okay to be sad. Jesus wept. And he knows what you're going through. He loves you. He's a miracle worker. He's a healer of sadness. Stay in a moment of worship. I want to read us. I want to read something. And this applies to you. Just keep staying in a moment of worship for a second. <clears throat> the first thing Jesus spoke when he entered the synagogue and he opened up the scroll, he wrote, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he is, the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair Father God Jesus came to die and rise from the dead and to live in our hearts when we give our life to him. And Lord, he takes, he takes, Lord, that that crown of beauty and puts it on us instead of ashes. He, he puts us oil, the Holy Spirit, instead of us and gives us gladness instead of mourning. And he gives us a garment of praise instead of despair. So Lord, tonight, even this morning when we talked about that, we choose tonight to give you praise, to give you glory, to give you honor. Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Somebody needed to hear that tonight. Man, there are those nights, you know, there's those days and nights when sometimes, you know, you, you worship and it's just worship and it is worship to the Lord, but there are those other nights you can just sense God's presence and tonight's one of those nights. Um, before I uh, get into our message tonight, I wanted to invite Gabriel and his mother up here tonight. I uh, don't know if you know, but Gabriel got a job in Longview, Texas, so he's going to be moving. Um, so I want to pray for him real quick before we get into the scripture. 
Um, and he has a little real quick announcement to make um, about a trip, um, uh, a missions trip to Mexico. So let me turn the mic over to him. I'll turn mine off real quick. And, and then I want to pray. Um, God bless everybody. Uh, before I leave, I want to teach you guys something else before I like we also do in the Hispanic churches. We do like a little shout, and we always ask the people who lives, and people always respond to Jesus. And so they say, ¿Quién vive? They say, Cristo, which would be Jesus, right? And then they, they do something else, and to his name be the glory. A su nombre, Gloria. And the brothers in victory. So next time I come, or if you guys see me around, that's, that's what we're doing in the Spanish churches. But um, I just want to take a, a time real quick. I don't want to take up too much time. I still get nervous. As you can see, I'm sweating. Um, but we started driving, actually, at 10 o'clock or 10 o'clock. I had to make it out here. Uh, brought my mom. So you can stand up, mom. She could... <laughs> um, this is my mom. Uh, Finally, you guys finally got to meet her. She, uh, I don't know how I'm so tall or what happened. So I'm, well, this is my mom. Her birth certificate says July, like July, but she goes by Julia or Julia. So I'm just going to have her say something. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 I have for you plans of good and not of evil, plans to give you a good future and hope. And um, I want to share that story about July. So my mom, my parents are from Mexico. She didn't know how to so Mexico, they usually add the Y all the time. But um, so when she had me in the United States, they named me July. But then the nurse spoke also in Spanish and said, if you name her July in Spanish, it means Julio. It's, it's, a, it's a man's name. So when I was born, my father always called me Julio. <laughs> and so my mom didn't know what to name me after that. They just called me Julia. I don't know how things worked back then, but she intended to name me Julie, but ended up being July. <laughs> Anyways, I, are you going to show the video? So um, the pastor was talking about something in the morning about the backpacks. Um, the backpacks were multiplied. We didn't multiply them. We didn't go off to the store in the middle of a service and go buy them. We didn't have time. Pastor said something about the chili, right? That it was, uh, it was multiplied as well. My mom's been through something like that in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we want to take this time. If you guys, or if, if any of you have never actually physically seen that, and you guys want to see Miracles happen, you know, action in the moment, moment in the action, however you want to call it. We are doing a, a missions trip, December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. 
we will be going to Mexico, to Reynosa, Mexico, and we're going to be giving out jackets and blankets. These people do not have a home. These people do not have a roof. They do not sleep under a pavilion. They do not sleep in a camp. If they're fortunate enough, they'll sleep in a tent. So there's many, many, ch I think there's over a thousand people sleeping in the middle of nowhere. There's children that do not have their parents, people coming from Haiti, from Central America, Russia, Indians, what America, United States, so what the government does, instead of paying them a trip back home, they pay them a trip to Mexico because that is the closest country. So there's people from, you know, Europe and stuff like that because they cross and, you know, they, they couldn't make it. So a lot of these, uh, and, and again with these children, their parents send them because there's too much violence going on in their home, you know, uh, their countries. So they seek asylum and sometimes they send their children by themselves. I'm not talking about 10 year olds, I'm talking about two, three, four, five, six years old. A lot of these kids come with their parents and their parents end up getting killed along the way. So a lot of these children get to witness either their parents being murdered or their parents going to do something and they just never return. So I don't think any of us would want to see grandkids or children. Yes. Uh, Gabriel's never really, he's been a supporter, but I've been the first hand. I never wanted to go. As a matter of fact, after my parents moved to the United States, I never wanted to go to Mexico because there's a lot of violence. And I, I promised myself, told myself, you have no business over there. But one day, the mis these missionaries we support, they never asked us or anybody for assent, and we don't either. Let's just get that clear. We don't ask for money. We're asking you for used blankets and used jackets because I'm telling you, if you get me a brand name jacket, somebody's going to get killed. You can't get them brand names. And um, when I first went, I said, what are all these people, thousands of people, over 5,000, 7,000 people just there in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a park in Mexico? and taking over these great places. And I said, why isn't it in the news? They don't show it in the news. I, I don't know why, Pastor, that happens. And then I said, why is this going on? Because when I finally decided to go, the first thing, they, anybody who goes, they call you pastors. Pastora, pastor. And it's all the children and the people. Pastora, pastor. They call everybody pastor. And these children came up and started hugging my legs. And I only have one son, so I'm not into, and I said, whoa, 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 what's going on? They said, pastora, did you bring us food? We haven't eaten in three days. Huh? We throw leftovers in Texas. And these kids are asking us for scraps? I couldn't believe it. And now, ever since then, I drew Gabriel now, and I said, Gabriel, you have no idea. And he's seen videos of everything. I've seen great miracles, miracles on 
example. I'm just going to share one very quickly. We made some breads with avocado. We had a nice chest. And I said, brother, there's no way you're going to feed 7,000 people with this little ice chest and bread and avocado in them. Because avocado is very cheap in, in Mexico. And um, when we finally passed it all, there were still sandwiches in that ice chest. But the, the, that's not the miracle. That's not the biggest miracle. It's a miracle, but that's not the biggest. When the people started coming, they said, those sandwiches were so good, Pastor. The ham and the tomato and the lettuce. Uh-huh. Whoa. It didn't have that. Me and, and Pastor, the missionary, we knew it was just avocado. And how was there any leftover? I've seen kids who are about to die because, especially summer, so much dehydration and they need Pedialytes. And, and it's just something that if you ever want this opportunity to see, get out of the walls and see what is going on and how people are hungry. No, no, you don't understand. If you were to go and start preaching, people start getting around you. you it's not like here in America where, where you, you want to preach and nobody shows up to, a, to a, a service. No, it's not like that over there. People start coming in crowds and, Pastor, please pray for me. Please pray for us. Tell me about the word. Please tell me, read to me. And they'll sit there and listen to what you got to say. And, and it's so beautiful. It's beautiful. So I encourage everybody, if you have that, you want to. So it'll be December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. We will be providing lodging, and we'll, we, we will be providing lodging and meals. So if you guys want to be a part of it, and you guys want to see miracles happen, you, you guys want to see God in the work, I invite you guys. And if you guys can't go, or if you guys can't, um, you know, can't buy jackets, we understand, but a prayer. Prayer works a lot. Prayer works a lot. December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. So, uh, the, the town is called Donna, Texas. So it's, it's a pretty long drive. It's about an eight and a half hour drive. That's how long it took us to get here. Of course, we slept on the way. But it's an eight and a half hour drive down there. And we will be providing lodging and meals. And then from there, uh, the missionary, he is he's, he's from there. So we will be going with him. You know, he does know more about Mexico and stuff. And on the video, if you guys want to go with me or pastor afterwards, his number's there. My number is there. So you guys could ask him directly if you guys don't believe me. Also, just real quick, on that video, if you guys ever get a chance to see it, there, there, there's a picture of, of people with a Bible. It's in a different language. Um, uh, it's uh, that language. I don't know. <laughs> but, yes, uh, 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 Somebody from South Carolina or somebody from upstate uh, paid because Haiti, the people from Haiti, I think there's a lot of witchcraft that goes on in Haiti. So there's not a lot of gospel. Uh, but um, the people didn't have a Bible. They didn't know about Bibles. They know about voodoo and other stuff, but they never had a Bible. So these people paid to have uh, Bibles translated for them, just for them, so they could have Bibles. So... You'll, you'll probably uh, see pictures of that in, in, in the video. But thank you, and God bless.
So I want to pray for them. If we can get a few people who wouldn't mind praying for them. They're getting ready to move to Longview, Texas. And by the way, this guy has a call to be a pastor. And yes, I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, it's been confirmed over and over again. So be praying for him that God would direct and lead and guide him into that. So, Father, we just pray right now as a church. Thank you, Lord, for taking what we gave. And it's just stuff to us, but it's not to them. And you multiplied it. Lord, the sandwiches. To us, it was just avocado, or to them, it was just avocado, but you made it into a ham uh, and tomato sandwich because you're the God that multiplies. You're the way maker, the miracle worker. Father, I pray for them right now. I pray for Julia, and I pray for Gabriel. God, it says, a righteous man steps are ordered of the Lord. Their steps are ordered by you. You have great plans in store for them. You're doing mighty works through them. Continue to do that. Raise up people beside them. Lord, you said the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Pray for the labors of the harvest. So, God, we pray for laborers to help them in this mission, to meet the needs of these people. God, we are all created in your image. Those people matter to you. Uh, Lord, they matter to you. So, God, bless them. Prepare their way. Lord, you have great things in store for them. And as the scripture, she said, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So there's no passports needed for this trip. God is good. <clears throat> can, can I mention something? Guys, we're, I do, I still believe that we're living in last days. You hear me? You, I, I reiterate that every day. Um, persecution's coming. And what she mentioned, what's happening over the border, it's going to come here. It's already starting. So what she mentioned, that people don't want to hear, you watch. People are going to be open to the gospel when things start happening. And I'm not trying to be a pessimistic person. I'm just speaking what the scripture says. Prophecy is being fulfilled. And so when I share this stuff on Sunday morning, the things that I study and I uh, study during the week and all the things that are happening, it just blows your mind and you're thinking, wow, we are living in that end of the age that Jesus talked about. So, And we don't know how far we're going to go into it because he talks about birth pains. Sometimes I think we're, we ill prepare ourselves to think that we may not go through persecution. We've been protected here in the States for, yeah. I mean, we've been babied. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows what's going to happen. So with that being said, if you have your Bibles, please open with me to the book of James. <clears throat> we're going to be reading, we're in chapter 3. We ended with the, the tongue last time. And you know what's funny about that? I told you when a preacher preaches, he usually gets tested in it. Boy, did I get tested in the next week. I did good for one part, and the next part I messed up, and God had to convict me of it. At least I'm honest with you, right? All right, so we're in James chapter 3. We're looking at verses 13 through 18. We're going to look at the two kinds of wisdom. So James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life. By deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. 
But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes down from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for the word that you've given us. Lord, so many people are starving for your word, even in America. Those that have five or six Bibles are starving for your word because they're not reading it. Father, open up our hearts tonight. I pray, Lord, that we have good soil so the birds, which is demonic spirits, won't come down and sweep that seed away. I pray, Father, we'd have good soil so that it won't be shallow, so it won't be, have shallow root and then wither and die. I pray, Father, that it'll be good soil so that the cares and worries of this world won't come up and choke it. Jesus, let our hearts be good soil tonight. And Father, as your vessel, you're the good shepherd. These are your sheep. I'm just your under-shepherd. Speak what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Have your way in our lives tonight, including me. Open up our ears to hear and to listen to what your word says. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. <coughs> so we're doing a series on the book of James, Faith in Motion. Um, and we're going to talk about two kinds of uh, wisdom tonight. There's The first kind of wisdom is what we call heavenly wisdom. How many of you guys want heavenly wisdom? I mean, he points it out. We're going to look at those things that he says tonight. The word wisdom comes from the Greek word sophos, which means skilled, expert, forming the best plans and using the best means for their execution. A truly wise man is a very knowing man. He will not set up for the reputation of being wise without laying in a good stock of knowledge. And he will not value himself merely upon knowing things. If he has not wisdom to make a right application and use of that knowledge, these two things must be put together to make up the account of true wisdom. Who is wise and endued with knowledge? So basically what uh, Matthew Henry is saying there is, you can have a lot of knowledge but without wisdom. And you can have wisdom without knowledge. But you put those two together and it works great. I mean, you can give wrong wisdom to individuals. It may be wisdom, but it could be wrong wisdom. That's why we have to have correct wisdom with correct knowledge. They work together. And we get that wisdom. Solomon, and I don't have it mentioned here, but in Proverbs, he talks about that. The best kind of wisdom we can get is from what? The Word of God. God's Word. Heavenly wisdom is demonstrated by, number one, a good life. Look at me in verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? He's asking a question. Again, remember, this is James. He's the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. The church has been scattered. He's writing a letter to his flock. I, I think that's a good pastor. Even when you're away from home, you're still pastoring your church. You're still loving on You're shepherding him. And he said, listen, he's asking them a question. In some ways, you could call this a rhetorical question. Who is wise and understanding among you? He's making them think. Does God ever make us think? 
How about your parents? Did your parents ever make you think sometimes? You know, I think it was, I think I might have shared this before, but, and I'm going to share it again, but I remember watching uh, uh, on ABC News one morning and Scott Eastwood was on there and, 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 the, and the commentator or whoever the guy was on there asked him, he said, Scott, what's the best advice your dad ever gave him? Now, you know who Scott Eastwood is, right? He's the son of Clint Eastwood. Everybody know who Clint Eastwood is, right? And he said, what's the best advice your dad ever gave you? And he goes, the best advice he ever gave me was shut up and listen. Right? Wisdom from your parents. So basically, James is saying the same thing. Listen to what I'm going to say to you. Understand this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Those that are among you. The person that's wise and understanding, he's going to show it by his what? His good life. Guys, as a believer in Christ, we're going to show the world that we have the wisdom that belongs to God by the way we live our life. People notice you. They watch you. They examine you. They look at how you react to people and how you do things. Are we perfect at it? No. But we do the best we can to serve and honor Christ. The word good here comes from the Greek word kalos, and it means beautiful to look at. Shapely, magnificent good, excellent in its nature and characteristics, and therefore well adapted to its ends, honest. That word good. So we can honestly say, does our life look beautiful to others? Does our life emulate excellence? Is our life magnificently good? So when somebody looks at you and without even knowing that you're a Christian, they say, man, there's just something different about them. Something different. I see something in them. That's what we want people to recognize, right? They want to see Jesus. I want to go back to that definition. Look, does your life, is it, does it look beautiful? Your walk with Jesus, the way you present yourself, the way you walk in Christ, is it magnificent good? You know we can be magnificent good in the Lord. You know, here's the wonderful thing about God. Even when you make mistakes, God still works through those mistakes, and then sometimes the people that are lost, they don't always see those mistakes. We do. It's just like a preacher. I know when I make mistakes up here. I know when I was in band, I would make a mistake in band. I knew when I made a mistake, but afterwards, oh, that was great. Oh, you didn't recognize that mistake I made? What mistake? Right? Are we excellent in nature and characteristics? Does our life reflect good character? Those are good questions to ask, isn't it? Does, is our, now I like this word shapely, because we could take that a whole different thing. Is my life shapely? Well, that all depends on what you're eating. No, I'm just kidding, right? <clears throat> but is our life, is our, our, our life, is it honest? Yeah, I've shared this before, but the three core values when I was in the Air Force, and you might remember this, excellence in all we do, integrity first, and service before self. Integrity first means what are you doing when nobody's looking? What are you saying when nobody's around? That's all of us, right? What are we thinking when nobody's around? Listen, no, nobody knows my thoughts. I don't know your thoughts, but somebody does. 
So again, James says, look, if you want to be wise and understanding, show it by your good life. Look what Ephesians 4, 1 says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you, which is do this, pay attention to this, to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Listen to what Trapp says. He says, every believer is, is God's firstborn and so higher than the kings of the earth. Psalm 89, 27. He must therefore carry himself accordingly and not stain his high blood. So that means, are you living like a child of the king? Boy, that hits home, doesn't it? I'm at Walmart. I'm late for something. Got to take my kids on a Thursday morning to their class and their school, and I don't feel like it because my wife's in crutches with her knee. And I hate being, be, I hate being late. I'll be honest with you, I was irritated this morning. If I'm 15 minutes early, I'm late. Because that's ingrained in you in the military. If you're 15 minutes early, you're late. I hate being late. So then I get all stressed out. I was stressed this morning. And then my attitude starts to change, right? Everything that I'm irritated at becomes irritable to other people. And they become irritable to me. My characteristics this morning were not beautiful. They were not kingly. That's why Paul says, examine yourself to see if you're in the what? In the truth. We need to do a proper examination of ourselves constantly. That doesn't mean we beat ourselves up. That doesn't mean we get condemnation. But what it does mean is it keeps ourselves accountable to God. You know, that's why it's good to have a good friend around. A good mentor of mine told me this one time. Don't surround yourselves with people that will tell you what you want to hear. Surround yourselves with people will tell you, and you trust them and you love them, right? That will tell you what you don't want to hear. Because usually we want to surround ourselves with people that want to tell us what we like. But the problem with that is we don't change. That's why iron sharpens iron. Look, look what he says. You and I must carry ourselves accordingly. Every believer is God's firstborn. If you're a believer tonight and you've been born again, you are God's firstborn. You've been adopted into the family. And look at this. He says you're higher than the kings of the earth. You know that person that's a king or president that we think so highly of are these Hollywood actors and all this, which, yeah, I'm the same way. You know, <clears throat> if you're born again tonight and they're not, you're higher than them. And, and not looking down on them. The Bible says don't think yourself higher than what you ought to. I'm not meaning it in that way, in a prideful manner. I'm talking about positional. Do you understand what I mean? Because right. i got to be real careful what I say because I, I got some looks. No, I'm not talking about being proud or arrogant. What I'm saying is, is you're right with the king and they're not. Right. You're on the heaven and they're not. Right. So you have something that they need. Right. They may have all the things of the world, but you have something greater. Right? right? Amen. You may not have all the riches of the world, but man, if you have eternal life, you have so much more than what they have. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say here. Listen to this, Romans 5, 17. For if by, by the trespass of one man, he's speaking of Adam, death reigns through that one man. So did death come to us through Adam? It did. <clears throat> How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace 
Grace is unmerited favor. God's favor, we don't deserve it, but he gives it to us. If you're saved tonight, and we all, right, if you're saved, raise your hand. I'm going to put you on the spot. Hallelujah. If you didn't raise your hand, you need to get saved tonight. <clears throat> you have God's favor on you. Amen. Unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it, but he gave it to you. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? You know what he's saying there? You and I can reign in this life and in our walk with God. That's not a Joel Osteen book. That's the Jesus book. Sorry, Lord, I don't mean to pick on one person. but The word reign means to exercise the highest influence, to control to be king, to exercise kingly power. That means you and I are to exercise the highest influence. How's your influence? God deals with me. So my influence, I love going to Walmart. But where God's been dealing with me the most is where's my influence at home? Where's my influence with my kids? I've been really trying to check on that. I've shared this with you before, but I start seeing the things that my kids are doing wrong, and I'm going, wait a minute, they learned that from who? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a good reality check. Yeah. If your kids yell, it's probably because you yell. If your kids lose their temper, it's probably because they learned it from you. Now, I'm not saying that they don't do this stuff, because, you know, we're all born into sin, Right? right. But some of the things that they do, they learn from me. How about your family? How are you at, at your, uh, Christ, you know, Christmas is coming up, Thanksgiving's coming up, and there's that one or two uh, relative that drives you nuts. See, I got smiles. <laughs> Kim, <laughs> I'm not going to say, <laughs> I just embarrassed her. I'm sorry, Kim. And you're on video. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. <laughs> But you all have one somebody in your life, right, in your family that just drive, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not going to say the name, but I have a few relatives, right? I'd rather not see them during the holidays. And I, I'm just, hey, come on, I'm being honest. We should want to see them because we want to be the highest influence in their life. We want to exercise kingly power. How does a king present themselves? If the, you know, before Queen Elizabeth passed away, if Queen Elizabeth were still alive and she walked into this room, or even our, you know, even the president, we, we respect the office. Don't, don't worry about politics. We're not talking about that. You have to respect that office, right? We should still do that. How would you, re, how would you react? Even if you didn't agree with them, you would react with what? Respect? In honor, because that's a position, yeah. right? It's the same thing. We walk around with Jesus every day because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. Right. And we need to live our life. as a, That's what James is saying to them. In Adam, we lost our kingship, but in Jesus Christ, we reign as kings, and we reign much more. Our spiritual reign is far greater than Adam's earthly reign. For we share abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Warren Worsby in his commentary. 
So heavenly wisdom, number one, is demonstrated by our, our good life. Number two, is demonstrated by our what? Our deeds. And he talks about these deeds. Look with me again real quick in verse 13. He says, let him show up by his good life, by his deeds, <clears throat> done in what? Humility that comes from wisdom. So our good deeds should be done in humility. Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. <clears throat> it's easy for us sometimes to say, oh, look what I did. Did you see how I helped out? Some people, that's great. Other people, they like attention. But Jesus said, when you do that, that's your reward. When we do things, we need to do it for the Lord because I think when I get to heaven, there's going to be the things I didn't think were important. And he's going to be like, yeah, that one was done because you weren't trying to get attention from anybody. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So these, need, these deeds need to be done with humility. Again, remember the salvation that you and I got, we didn't pay the price. Jesus did. I know it's in red letters. Oh, it looks different on my screen, but. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. That's Jesus' words. Romans 12, 3, For by the grace given me, I say, every one of you, do not think yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with somber, uh, sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. What's that mean? Every single one of us is important tonight. Not, the, not just the person up at the pulpit. Listen, I'm just the spokesperson. We're all on the same team. The job you do is just as important as the one that's up here. We're the body of Christ. We're a team. We work together as a team, right? Man, I, it, 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 I remember at some of the churches I've been at, I went and cleaned toilets. That's okay. We're all part of the team. This is our team together we come together we help each other we do those things we don't take our position in an america we have a tendency again i've shared this before but people put people up on pedestals i want you to think for just a minute don't say them out loud but think of the your favorite preacher i bet you right now you can think of him comes to mind it's probably somebody popular i'll name some of them up dr david jeremiah right chuck swindoll i love listening to chuck swindoll uh, there's a pastor up in uh, Tulsa called Willie George. I love listening to his messages. I can name it. Charles Stanley. He's just went off to be home with the Lord. Yeah. I don't even know if that was grammatically correct how I said that, but he went home to be with the Lord. Those guys are on the same team. They're no better than you and I. Right? right? I'm no better than you. We're all on the same team. So God has given us and distributed gifts to each of us. And none of us are higher than the other. God says there's no respecter, he's no respecter of persons. That means God looks at you and I the same. Right. right? That means whatever you're doing behind the scenes, God sees it. You may not think it's important, but it's important. Let me share a story with you, and I know it's getting late. And if we don't get through this tonight, you guys don't mind doing this next, well, next Wednesday will be Timmy, so we'll pick up when he gets back. But when I was uh, finishing up my bachelor's degree, at Oklahoma Wesleyan, using my GI Bill, and now if I could go back, I'd say, no, I wouldn't have done that because now I got student loan debt. And I did bring in school the Bible and paid for that all by myself, and if some of it was the same books. <laughs> so but when I was taking classes, I had to take an art class for one of my electives on a Saturday. Two days before that class, I was praying, Lord, I feel like I'm not even making a difference in your kingdom. 
Anybody ever feel that way? God, do you even see what I'm doing? Am I doing anything good for you? And I was bummed out, discouraged. We all get that way. And so I come on a Saturday morning, and it just so happens my pastor, who I was under, his wife was taking a class across the hall for me for a teacher's uh, uh, alternative certification class to become a teacher in the state of Oklahoma. So I walk into the class, and I go into that classroom for my art class, and uh, my, my pastor's wife said, hey, come on over here. I need to talk to you. So I walked over there, and I'm talking with her, and I turn to my right, and there's two young ladies sitting there. And one of them I recognized. Her name's Kelly. Well, Kelly, I went to school with my sophomore year at Tulsa Central High School. And Kelly was not a believer. And she knew I was a believer, and she came to my apartment that I was living with with my sister. And we were out in the parking lot, and she needed prayer. And she said, I need some advice. I don't know what to do. My parents are Mormons. I don't know what to believe. My boyfriend's going to Bartlesville Wesleyan College. I said, well, is he a believer? No, he's not a believer. And, but I'm thinking about going to that college uh, uh, and following there. And I said, well, and I, I finally just, and she goes, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, you know what? You're old enough to make your own decision. And, and I think, you know, do what you have in your heart and follow and, and, and pursue the Lord and see what he does in your life. I completely forgot about it. So here I'm in this class years later. I was just complaining to the Lord two days before. And I turn around and I'm going, wait, is that Kelly? Finally, I turned to the girl and I said, excuse me, what school did you go to? And she goes, I went to Bartlesville Wesleyan College. And I said, no, what high school did you go to? And she said, he's central. And I said, do you not remember me? She jumped up, began to cry put her hands over her mouth, and she, she goes, you're one of the reasons why I accepted Jesus. She had become the vice, or became the principal at Metro Christian Academy, a Christian school right there in Tulsa. Guys, you have no idea. You may not see on this side of eternity the impact that you're making for the kingdom of God. It may be just one person that you meet at Walmart. It may be somebody you meet at the gas station. You know how many opportunities I've had at the gas station too? Just to witness to somebody or minister to somebody? You just don't know. So don't discredit yourself. Remember that you are the righteousness of Christ. That's what the scripture says. You are little shining lights walking around whether you realize it or not. And when we get to heaven, I think the ones that we think were, were great in faith on this earth, what's it say? The last will be the greatest and the greatest will be the least? No, that was weird. The least will be the greatest, and the greatest will be the least, right? Or no, the least. Anyways, you get what I mean. Uh, man, I just messed myself up. But it's, it's, the, it's the things that we don't recognize that we're doing that probably are going to pay the dividends when we get to heaven that are getting rewards. So the opposite of humility is what? Pride. Pride. Look at James 4, 6. But he gives more grace... Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the what? To the humble. Pride in any ministry or anything that you do will kill the Spirit of God I mean, in your life. I mean, it won't kill the Spirit of God, but it'll kill the, the, the direction or the move that he has in your life. Pride is, is, is a horrible thing. How did Satan fall? Pride. So be very careful, and, and, and I always include myself in this. Be careful that we don't get prideful. This is not our working. This is God's working. He gets the glory. 
Scripture says he will not share his glory with any, with anyone. Jesus gets the glory. Always try to keep that in perspective. You know, I try to, somebody will say, hey, you, that was a great sermon. Oh, thank you. And then I go, but he gets the glory. And even if I don't say it right then, I'll go back and say, Jesus, you did it. That was you. You get the glory. Because I can guarantee you right now, he's the one that speaks. He's the one that does the things. He uses this messed up, young, short little guy to do things. And I make mistakes sometimes, and I mess up words and stuff, and he still uses it because he's the one that does it. He gets the glory. You know, some of the sermons I thought were the worst sermons were the ones that he worked the most, and that just reminds me who's in charge. I'm serious. I had a sermon one day, and I went, oh, man, that was horrible. And I, I had more people respond to the message. Again, it reminds you who's really in charge. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Heavenly wisdom, we'll finish with this one, and we'll pick up in a couple weeks. Heavenly wisdom is pure. Look with me in verse 17. But wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all what? Pure. This refers to having right motives of heart. One of the things we're going to look at in chapter 4 is he talks about people with selfish ambition and wrong motives. Uh, people that get upset and strife within churches oftentimes cause from us not getting what we want. It's true. Even within families, Right? I get upset with my kids because I'm not getting what I want. I want them to do something, and they're not doing it. My dog. Unfortunately, we're giving her away, so pray for my... I, I'm sad, but... Anyway, so I get frustrated when I go for a walk because she's not doing what I want her to do. Therefore, I get angry and mad, right, and, and react instead of respond. Strive, that's what happens. People get upset because they basically are not getting what they want. I call it having an adult tan, temper tantrum. And that's where strife and fighting happens. We'll look at this one next week. Heavenly wisdom is peaceful, so not given to strife for division. The word pure back there, real quick, as we get ready to close, the word pure literally means perfect or holy. When you look up that word pure. Are we representing the purity of Christ in the body? Remember, he's speaking to a church. He's speaking to people within the church. One of the other things I want to mention, too, one of the things that keeps us pure is forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards what's ahead. Within the body of Christ. Such and such did this to me years ago. Let it go. Well... You don't know what happened last time or even just recently. It's been 11 months without a pastor. He's gone, right? I'm just using that as an example. I'm not picking on anybody, so don't look at me like I'm doing something here. But listen, what's in the past is in the past. God's moving on. He, in Scripture, he says he's doing a new thing, right? So we need to learn how to do that. Move with the Lord. See what he wants to do. Purity. Even within your family, let go. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on uh, Robin, but she said something. Can I pick on you tonight real quick before we leave? What is it that she's used to it? If you guys can hear, what, when, when you were talking about offense earlier. What did Hetty say about offense? 
I, I, this is perfect for this because we're talking about strife. But that's the truth. Who is the author of confusion? Thank you for doing that on such short notice. But it fit this. That's where strife comes from. Guys, strife in the church. Now, remember, we're, we're not talking about strife here in our church. I'm just talking about what it is in James. This was part of our lesson. Strife is caused by the devil. He comes in. He starts an offense. Somebody gets offended, they get mad, and before you know it, it causes a division. And like we read this morning, it gives a foothold to the devil. So we've got to be really careful, all of us. I mean, it's, it is easy to get, come on, I'm, how many of us get offended sometimes? How about the person that cuts you off in traffic and you don't even know the guy? My wife says, I talk to too many people outside the car and they can't even hear me. So heavenly wisdom is peaceable, not given to strife or division. Uh, a tr one of the, uh, I don't know if I have this commentary. I'm going to see if I do. If not, we'll go back to it. We'll look at it later. But one of the commentaries on there talked about the sign of maturity in a believer is being able to deal with offense. Yeah. I, I recommend you read a book called The Bait of Satan. Yeah. It might be a good Bible study to go through sometime yeah. by John Brevere. Yeah. And he talks about unforgiveness and offense and how it causes one lady she was she was uh, uh, offended by her husband she had unforgiveness towards him and she'd been praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and it just wouldn't happen and finally John Brevere told asked her he said do you have unforgiveness towards your husband and she said yes and she began to weep and cry and as she began to forgive all of a sudden this beautiful language came out of her mouth That's right. so Again, let's be peaceful. Let's be pure. Let's demonstrate ourselves as beautiful. And Lord, protect me this week as I go about after I get done preaching. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. There have been times when I've preached and I've gotten tested. And have I failed? Yes, I have. But thank goodness that God's still working on us, right? So let's close in prayer. Father, again, I thank you for Gabriel and his mom, Julia. And all that you're doing through them and the miracle that happened. And I believe you want to do those things in our church. You want to do those things in our lives. I pray that you bless them as they go down to Longview. Give them open opportunities. Father, I pray for us as a congregation, myself included. Lord, help us to, to have a good life. To show the wisdom and understanding of our life by having a good life. A life that is beautiful that reflects your son. God, help us to put it into practice as we go out. Lord, this, is, this today is training ground 
to put into practice when we get out into the field. <clears throat> and Father, I'm going to pray this. <clears throat> you said, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Pray for the labors of the harvest. So Father, we tonight pray for the labors of the harvest. Lord, we pray for our church that you would continue to keep us in peace. That God, we would have be in unity. You said there's life and blessing forevermore when the brothers live it together in unity. There's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that pours down on Aaron's beard and upon the collars of a robe. And Father, there's anointing and there's life and blessing. Let us be a church that does that. Father, let us do the Matthew 18 principle. If somebody offends us, let us go to them personally first to correct that offense. And forgive all of us, Lord, if we've talked about somebody or said things we shouldn't say. Forgive us. We repent of it. Let us be a church that emulates Jesus Christ, that reflects who he is. And then, Father, as we go out and leave tonight, we're entering our mission field. Give us divine appointments this week. And touch Timothy as he comes and ministers next Wednesday. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming tonight. Have a great day.